podcast brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip and saves you up to 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, transportation, golf, nightlife, and so much more. Visit guystriplive.com and use our code FIT, that's F-I-T, for 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip, just show up. It is officially our 27th and final episode of year two of our podcast and the final episode of the 2023 football season. It has been our absolute pleasure to be here and to provide you with the best injury insight and analysis over these past two years. Of course, we couldn't have done it without our founder and our CEO, the doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. Our last episode, Tom, how are we feeling about that? Uh, it's sad, it's sad, but you know what? I really am ready for some playoff football like this season. It feels like it just started, but at the same time, it has been a long, long grind of a season. And I know your team's not playing in the playoffs, but even though my team is falling backwards into the playoffs, the Eagles I'm talking about, I'm excited for some playoff football. Playoff football always brings a new energy to this world. We're going to have Super Bowl boxes before you know it. But before any of that stuff, Tom, we have championship week in most normal leagues, I guess so to say. Here, week 17. I am in one championship. It's the Vampire League. Tom, I think I asked you last week, nothing doing, something doing. I totally forget. You got any implications this week? Yeah, I I am in one. Um, I, I just realized it's an eight team league i didn't even realize that until now that shows you how much i've been paying attention to this league but i'm in the championship so um i got at least something to play for i think it's like a 25 dollar buy-in so i don't really care that much um <laughs> but it'll at least be be nice to have something to root for this week cover one of your fantasy leagues by winning that or cover uh i don't know a couple super bowl boxes or some gas money the uh the vampire league i'm playing in is i mean we'll talk about it later but the winner of that league, it's not a money league, it's a prize league. So whoever wins the league gets a random $50 gift from everybody in the league. Oh. So if I win, I'll get 11 people buying me $50 worth of random things. That's really <laughs> cool, actually. Kind of fun. People have gotten beef jerky, golf teas, uh, everything you can imagine. So we'll see what happens. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's get to some injury updates. A lot of guys, and of course, the biggest of possible implications here. And my advice before any of this is, of course, listen to the injury analysis. That stuff is super important. But listen, when it's up to you, I've been burned by experts, quote unquote, like my advice, I think. And Tom, I'm sure you'll agree with it. Just go with your gut. Go with your heart. It's what got you here, man. Listen, hear, hear out your friends. Hear out other people's advice. But just trust yourself. Go with it. At the end of the day, go with the players that you want to play in your championship week. But, Tom, let's explore. Let's see if there's any guys that we might not want to play just because of injury or maybe guys that we should play. So, again, a lot of guys to discuss. We'll bounce around a lot. Let's start with Jordan Addison, wide receiver for the Vikings, an ankle injury. He's all the way up to wide receiver 21, so a really, really good rookie year. But what's happening with his ankle for this week? Awesome rookie year. He's a guy I have on one of my dynasty leagues I'm really, really excited about. He did not practice today. He injured his ankle about halfway through the, the game last week, and he is considered day-to-day. -day. So we will see how he progresses throughout practice this week. This type of injury 
it could really go either way. Sometimes guys are not impacted from this at all. And that is typically the case if we start seeing a positive progression of their practice participation. So if he's able to log, let's say, a limited practice tomorrow, a full practice Friday, then I'm really not concerned at all. But if he's limited throughout the week, maybe a DNP tomorrow, limited Friday, then I'm a little more concerned. And then it comes down to what does the rest of your roster look like? Is Addison a set it and forget it player for you? Sure, go ahead and continue to start him. Do you have other guys that are solid at that position as well? Well, maybe you consider them instead. Receivers see about a 14% decline in fantasy production when they return from this injury. That's not crazy. That's not a ton. So again, we're going to monitor his practice participation throughout the week. Go back and listen to this again on Friday if you need to. Um, But... If, if he's trending upwards, you can probably trust him. If it's limited Thursday, limited Friday, then you're going to consider other options as well. Yeah, I don't know about set it and forget it, but he's a guy that I think a lot of people have on their rosters and they have been playing. Um, and, and I do think you can trust him. A solid flex play. We'll talk about Hawkinson in a little bit. He's out, so a little bit more targets to go around. And he's been consistent in his rookie year, but he's got that explosive upside too. So I don't think he'll lose you a league or lose you a week, but I think he does have that potential to have some explosive big plays down the field that could possibly win you a championship or a third-place game or at least put you over the edge. So we'll keep an eye on that one. How about the Packers wide receiver, Dontavian Wicks, a chest injury. kind of came on the scene in the last two weeks, solid back-to-back weeks. Listen, I don't know how you're trusting this guy in a finals game, but... What do you have on Wicks and his chest injury for this week? You're probably not trusting him, but these injuries don't sound too critical. The chest injury, that's typically a rib injury. We've seen tons of receivers this season get banged up in the ribs and play just fine when they return. Ankle, kind of the same analysis as Addison above. Um, interesting, some reports out of Green Bay today that he did practice, some reports that he didn't. I don't know. Wh- I don't know why we sometimes get these conflicting reports. It's, it's very interesting to me, but he's a desperation start at best, possibly if you're just playing DFS and he's really cheap, but in any typical fantasy league, I don't think you're considering him this week. Totally agree. And especially last week, I mean, he did have a game where he, I believe scored a touchdown and resurrected or saved his fantasy day, but only two targets last week. I don't think there's any way that I could possibly trust him in a finals game with such crazy implications. All right. Next is a tight end. It's TJ Hawkinson. Talked about him a couple minutes ago. A knee injury. Really good season. Tight end two, consistent, and obviously just the worst time for this to happen. So he's out. But I know, Tom, I'm sure you're going to want to talk a little bit about next year and his upcoming future. This one hurts. Really, really badly. I put out a pretty detailed Instagram video on him yesterday. You can go check that out. Fantasy Injury Team on Instagram. It's also on TikTok. But this is really unfortunate because Hawkinson was really moving into that, essentially looking to take over as the dominant tight end in the league, especially at least in Dynasty. A lot of people have him as their tight end one. But now in week 16, the end of the season, he suffers an ACL and MCL injury. So if we look at our factors that help predict if a player will be ready to start the following season, we're looking at the main four things. Age. He's 26. That's not a problem. It's not in his favor. It's not going against him, though. That's that's not going to hurt him. 
the time from surgery to week one. So remember, it's surgery, not injury. Time of injury, as of in a couple of days ago, is about eight months and two weeks or so, two to three weeks until week one. That itself is not enough time to get ready. But he hasn't had surgery yet. He probably won't for a week, maybe two, maybe three. Depends. It really depends on when that swelling goes down. It's hard to predict. But the fact that it's an ACL and MCL, oftentimes that'll take a little bit longer. And he may not get surgery till next week or the week after or even the week after. So we need to look out for that surgery date because that's when the timeline starts. But at best, he's looking at about eight months from surgery to week one. Wow. That is not good. That is not in his favor at all. We really want 10 plus months. Nine is, is okay, but we really want that 10, 10 and a half months. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him on the field until week six, week eight next season. Um, the number of tissues involved, that's a big factor as well. We just said it's ACL plus the MCL. The addition of the MCL is going to slow down the initial phases of rehab. Typically, surgeons do not want their patients weight-bearing for about two weeks, which is different than if it's purely an ACL. So that's going to put him behind a little bit from a strength, from a loss of strength standpoint. And also, you're a lot less aggressive with regaining range of motion of bending the knee. So typically, you're not getting full range of motion until six weeks post-op. That leaves you prone for some time to, for scarring and stiffness to develop, which can sometimes be a problem. That's going to be person by person. So J.K. Dobbins, that was a big issue with. That's why he needed that second procedure halfway through the season. But Javante Williams, who also would have had similar precautions, probably even more precautions after surgery, didn't have that problem. So that is a case-by-case -case scenario there. And then the last thing, are they a freak athlete? I would argue, yes, he is. So his, his, uh, his floor is going to be elevated when he returns just because he was so freaking athletic before injury. Now, if we look at some comps, some recent comps, Zach Ertz had the exact same injury pretty close to the same time last year. Ertz was, I think, I believe it was in November. So he had a little bit, about a month in his favor. But Ertz was also five years older, and Ertz was able to return pretty early in the season, but really hasn't played well. He, um, I want to say it was about a 40% drop-off in Ertz's fantasy per game fantasy points this season compared to last season. Logan Thomas had ACL recently as well, and same deal, about a 50% decline in his fantasy production in that first season after injury. So this is, I do think he will get back to his elite level of production. I just don't think it's going to be next year. I think it'll be the following season, but towards the very end of next year, he will probably be productive from a fantasy standpoint, purely because there's not a whole lot of good tight ends. So he will definitely still be a touchdown. He can, you can score a touchdown any game type, but the level that he was playing at this season, I think it's going to be two years before we see that again. A lot of really great info there. It's a tough pill to swallow. I mean, I always think when they get hurt this late in the year, just how much it's going to affect them this year. And I'm glad that you're here to talk us through that, but you know, just for right now in the short term, um, you know, if you are in the finals and you did have TJ Hawkinson, Tom, what do you think? I, my best advice, I would say play it safe. Try to find a way to get some points. And I know it's so hard in the tight end landscape, but there's some guys I think that you might be able to, like even um, Chiggy Okonkwo, Okonkwo, excuse me, he's had a couple decent weeks. Tucker Kraft from the Packers has been okay. 
Cole Komet, I think he's an elite level replacement tight end. There are some guys out there, but right time tight end, you can't possibly like get a guy that's going to get you six or seven, right? And then let the rest of your team try to do it because it's so hard to come by, right? Yeah. Especially losing TJ. Absolutely. Okay. Let's move on to a running back with Tom. We could actually pair the commander's running backs. We got them spread out here, but let's talk about. Chris Rodriguez, who might be out this week. We'll see. We'll see what Tom says. And then Brian Robinson, who might be back this week. Take it away, Tom. we got Chris Rodriguez with the foot and ankle, Brian Robinson with the hamstring. Yeah, Rodriguez, uh, DNP today on Wednesday. He had an MRI yesterday. They never really gave us the results of that, or at least not yet. But if he's getting that imaging, it's, it's more than just a my, mild sprain. So I'm not expecting a whole lot out of him this week. I will obviously monitor how he practices Thursday and Friday, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't practice and then ends up not playing, in which case you're not playing him. Even if he does play, you're probably not playing him. Now, Brian Robinson, on the other hand, he's about four weeks out from his hamstring injury, and he was limited in practice today, so he's trending positively there compared to previous weeks. And... Let's remember this type of injury, it impacts players when they get to their top flight speed more so than not at their top flight speed. So that's really going to be 20, 30, 40 yards of running before it starts to impact you. Brian Robinson's a one cut bruiser, so he doesn't get up to that peak speed that often. So this type of injury does not profile to affect him the way it would uh, Jameer Gibbs or someone that's much faster. And in fact, running backs on average do not see a hit in fantasy production when they return from this injury. Brian Robinson has been playing excellent this season. So if he's able to go, you can definitely play him. Any concern that the commanders at four and 11 just don't rush him back. And we see, you know, Antonio Gibson or who the hell knows Curtis Samuel in the backfield. Like I just don't see a reason why they're going to, not that Brian Robinson is this elite running back, but he's a guy that's solid, and he's a guy that should be a staple of this offense in the future. Is that a worry at all to you, Tom, just that they're not going to play him too much? Or I mean, that definitely could be, and I think we will hopefully have an idea based off some of the beat reports throughout the week if that's going to be the scenario or not. I mean, we just saw New England, we'll get to him in a second, but we just saw New England put Ramondre on the IR. That's something that two weeks ago we talked about how we felt like that was probably going to happen because New England was out of the playoff picture. That's also a different injury, though. I mean, a hamstring injury is not good by any means, but it's, from a prognostic standpoint, it's not as bad as a high ankle sprain. So I think if, if Robinson's ready to play, they'll play him. But if there's any suspicion that he's not ready, there's no reason to play him. But we should have some clarity from the beat reporters throughout the week. All right. Very fair. Yeah, with Chris Rodriguez, really solid fantasy game last week if you played him. 10 carries, 58 yards, two touchdowns. Then again, though, I mean, the commanders, man, I mean, at least we can agree on this in our division, Tom. They're just horrible, man. I mean, they <laughs> They were getting smacked by the Jets. They almost came back. But, I mean, listen, Commanders have lost six straight. They're going to lose. They're going to get smacked by the 49ers. Like, I'm very worried about this offense here, um, just in general. But Brian Robinson's been good. Missed a bunch of games, still RB20. And, again, he's probably the running back of their future. But as long as there's no, um, you know, setbacks for him, and, and, Tom, you feel comfortable with it, then I certainly do, too, just from a volume standpoint in this offense. So, again, Robinson maybe not an elite play this week, 
but you know probably solid. Uh, you know, get you some points in that flex spot. Just a, a high ceiling type of guy, I would say. Couple receivers, Tom. We have DJ Moore next of the Bears, a high ankle sprain. I mean, how about this? DJ Moore and and I remember Tom preseason. I wrote him off. I just said, you know what, DJ Moore, no way. Not with Justin Fields. He's washed. He's done. I mean, we got to bow down to him. I I am totally wrong, guys. Wide receiver eight on the season. I mean, it's it's fueled by some massive games, but still some solid outputs in there. I think he's hard to sit this week unless you give us some different news, Tom, about his high ankle sprain. So what's going on with that? Well, here's the thing. The there, There's a really good video footage of his injury the other day, clear as day, high ankle sprain, but he was able to return. Now, if you watch that game, he was not moving well after he returned. He was not moving well at all, and his stat line showed it. But he practiced in full today on Wednesday. He's not even on their injury report. Oh, good. Now... If we're reading between the lines here, there's no way he's 100%, but he could be 80, 85, 90%. So I'm I'm curious what Thursday and Friday reports say, and not from a limited full practice standpoint, but from a, we'll, we'll probably have some videos from whoever's watching practice. So I'm interested to see how he looks there and, and just to see if uh, the reporters are saying that he looks explosive. If he does, then I'm comfortable starting him. Receivers only see a 5% dip in fantasy production. Um, now, the thing there is they usually miss, they average missing four games. So they usually have four weeks to rest, rehab, train, etc. And that's probably why we don't see a very significant drop-off in production. Now, he's going to miss zero games, most likely. So these reports throughout the week are going to be critical. And I will, as soon as I see something on Twitter, a video, I will be responding with my thoughts on it. So make sure you're looking out for that. He's going to be one that if everything looks fine in practice, then you can confidently play him. Yeah, I agree with that. The only thing that worries me here is the matchup. They play against the Falcons, who somehow look inspired. I thought they were going to be uninspired, but they actually looked pretty good last week. I mean, they just tend to ugly games up, but at least the Bears are home in this game, and it's it's almost like how do you sit the guy that's wide receiver eight on the year, averaging almost 14 points a game. I mean, again, fueled by some of these huge games, but you can't let DJ Moore rot on your bench with the potential to put up. 20 30 points i mean again that's that's no guarantee and it's a long shot but he could do it so it's just weird right isn't it weird that he's not missing any games i mean i know you mentioned that but like no I, games i thought all. i mean i thought it was weird that he returned but of course with the videos i mean we can usually have a good understanding of what was injured but the severity is not always obvious from video so it, he must not have injured it that badly but watching the rest of the game he was not moving like himself now, a couple more weeks to, to rest, rehab, get pain swelling down. He, yeah, he could be playing very, very well. And again, with these injuries, with these high ankle sprains, grade one sprain, which if he returned that game, it's a grade one. There's no major separation of the tibia and fibula, so there's no real loss of stability. That stability piece is where speed and quickness gets affected. So if that's intact, it's just a pain thing that he's dealing with. In which case, yeah, he could he could reasonably be able to play this week. And again, that's why I'm so interested in what he looks like in practice throughout the week. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. How about the Dolphins wide receiver, Jalen Waddle, another guy with a high ankle sprain? I think he only played like 28 snaps or something last week. He was in and out. 
Why don't you try to clear some of that for us? Same injury, different level of severity. So this is actually a perfect segue. So Waddle is not expected to play this week. He, I would be surprised, honestly, if he plays before the playoffs. Like the Dolphins are a, a real Super Bowl contender. They don't want to mess around with one of their key contributor in these last couple games when they've already clinched a playoff spot. Didn't practice today. McDaniel said that he's probably not going to play this week. So unfortunately, we're not going to have Jalen Waddle for our championship fantasy matchups um this is one where typically we would say we'll check in on him next week but fantasy season's over this week so unfortunately his fantasy season's over no but from uh, from a sports betting standpoint i'm going to continue tweeting and instagramming and all that stuff up through the super bowl so i'll have updates on him probably mostly from my twitter throughout the rest of until the super bowl's over Tom, forget what it was last year, but some of your stuff made me some decent cash last year. It was you were fading somebody because of in, whatever it was. It's the good stuff to follow, right? Always be, always look for that edge, and and it's coming from an injury standpoint or injury analysis. It's it's good for me, and it will help. Tom, what's your Twitter again? At uh, in, injury at fantasy injury T, T. The letter T is in Tom. Great guy to follow. We're on TikTok. We are on Instagram. We're all over the damn place, and Tom's going to keep working hard to get you that information through the whole end of the season. How about a tight end I talked about before, Cole Komet? So just before you talk about, I think it's a knee injury, right, Tom? So just want to mention a couple of things here with Cole Komet. Pretty crazy. Seven of his eight last games have been more than acceptable for tight end. Seven or more points in seven of his eight last games. Also in that mix, game with two touchdowns, a game with 107 yards, Guy gets targets. I think, again, he's truly an elite replacement option if you add Hawkinson or just if you're struggling at the position. But hopefully there's no setbacks here. But talk to us about Cole Komet. What do you got? Well, he didn't practice with the knee injury, and this is one of those situations where the team's being vague and not really telling us what tissue in the knee is injured. So with any type of knee injury, that's going to affect your change of direction, which – a tight end, yes, they change directions, but not with the same agility as a receiver or running back. And a knee injury is not going to make him any smaller. So tight ends are one of their strengths is they are usually six foot four, six foot five, and use their body to, to get open. So if he's able to play, I'm not expecting this to hinder him a whole lot. But of course, he didn't practice Wednesday. We'll have to see if he can practice Thursday and Friday. Um, but he is one that I anticipate this not affecting his production if he's able to play. All right. Fair enough. On to, we've got a couple quarterbacks here to talk about. Actually, we got a hodgepodge of guys, but let's talk about the struggling at Trevor Lawrence, a right shoulder injury. Tom, I'm still waiting for that breakout season for him, man. I'm starting to lose faith a little bit. The Jaguars haven't been very good. Still somehow eating seven first in the AFC uh, South, but... What about Lawrence right shoulder? How, how can we uh, evaluate him for, for our finals matchups here? They've been hot and cold all year, and losing Christian Kirk really hurt them in a big way. Now, this is Trevor's third straight game with an injury. The high ankle sprain two weeks ago, the concussion last week, and now his right throwing shoulder injury. Things are just adding up in a bad way right now. Obviously, his throwing shoulder being injured, that has a potential to impact throw power, throw accuracy. And he didn't practice today, so that tells us that it's not nothing. Um, sometimes, though, when, when, when your shoulder gets warmed up, like throwing before the game, warming up before the game, 
the swelling goes down and you can actually play pretty well. So I'm not entirely ruling Lawrence out for this week, but just adding everything together, the high ankle sprain is not fully healed yet, so that could still be impacting his mobility, his push-off, things like that. Um, the concussion should be fine by now, but then now the shoulder as well, plus no Christian Kirk. Their team is, is kind of backing into the end of the season, really struggling down the road. Uh, and he's kind of a fringe QB1, QB2 anyway. So if you have other options, you'll want to consider them. But if he's your guy and you don't really have anyone else, just make sure that he's playing this week. So check in before <laughs> the game starts. But if he's able to play, I mean, we'll see what is what he looks like in practice on Friday. That's going to tell the story. So another one that I'll be really keeping a close eye on and tweeting about throughout the week. Dude, crazy how losing Kirk has crushed them. Like, they're they're almost hard to watch, man. Even ETN has taken major steps back from a fantasy standpoint and just from a production standpoint. This offense has been really, really bad. And I, I like other options, too. Listen, Jags should beat the Panthers this week, but I think it's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game. And honestly, man, I'm looking to sit Lawrence anywhere I can. I like Matthew Stafford over him. Uh, I like Baker Mayfield over him. I even like Nick Mullins over him. And that might sound absolutely ridiculous and crazy, even with uh, Jordan Addison ailing and DJ Hawkinson out. But I just, I almost can't trust Trevor Lawrence right now with all of these injuries and just with their offense looking so bad. And I just refuse to get beat if I have Trevor Lawrence. I'm not going to put him in my starting lineup because I know he's probably, what, putting up 12, 13, 15 points if you're lucky. So I just don't like it. I don't trust it. I'm 100% looking for better options, especially in the championship week. We are thrilled to be partnering with SeatGeek. Running out of time, everybody, to see some NFL games, but you still do have a couple weeks left. Go see your favorite NFL teams, fantasy stars in action. You could use it for concerts, for basically anything at all. On SeatGeek, use our code INJURYFANTASY for $20 off your purchase, and it works for everything. Once again, SeatGeek, INJURYFANTASY is our code how about the wide receiver? Got three concussions in a row here, Tom, and I, I know the spiel by now. Two years into our podcast, I kind of know what you're going to tell me, but maybe they're different. I don't know. Talk. Uh, let's start with Cortland Sutton. Uh, concussion, wide receiver 26, only 10 points a game, and they got Stidham as their quarterback this week. They're preserving financial flexibility, Tom, whatever that means, by sitting Russell Wilson, who is probably a cut candidate, but... I digress. Cortland Sutton concussion. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, that totally means they're cutting him. They actually, they actually just, uh, it was just leaked that that's the plan is that they're going to cut oh, Russell Wilson. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, didn't practice today. Got to get through the protocol. And not practicing Wednesday doesn't mean that he can't, but it makes it a lot harder. So we'll keep an eye on him. If he does play, we don't expect it. To, we don't expect the injury to impact his fantasy production. Um, Jared but I Stidham. do expect Jared Stidham to affect his injury, his fantasy production, and somehow his injury production too might give him more of a concussion from from playing with him. No offense. <laughs> um, all right, Tom. Two more guys here. So Isaiah Pacheco also concussion, and C.J. Stroud concussion. Who we're hoping to see back. You want to talk about those guys a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the analysis is the same. If they play, we don't expect it to impact their production. If they don't play, you don't start them. Pacheco didn't practice today, so just keep an eye on him to see if he can pass the protocol. Uh, did you see how he got his concussion, by the way? Okay, I watched the game. Um, his helmet was off, and then didn't he hit it against his 
teammate's knee. Yeah, is that right. Yeah, he took a he took a knee to the yes. dome from his from his lineman. That is yeah. that does not sound fun. Oh my god! And then I was watching my uh, was this on Christmas Day? Christmas Day, whatever it was. I remember. Yeah, it okay, was. he went to sit at the table. Did you see that uh-huh. on the table? <laughs> and the table it's... broke. I was like, oh my god! I said, the guy breaks tackles, breaks tables. He was a, a freaking disaster. I felt bad, but. I hope yeah. he plays this week. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Short I mean, week, I guess. You would expect a table from a Buffalo Bills player, but <laughs> not from any other team. Uh, okay. And then CJ Stroud, who's missed the last two games with his concussion, is trending towards playing. He was limited practice today. Sounds like they're expecting him to clear the protocol. All right. Sounds good. With Pacheco, man, I mean, I think he's been a must-start this season and a must-start this week if he's back, especially you saying that he's not going to be hampered by the concussion. RB18, of course, with missing some games. Tom, you're on the hot seat here. Next season, okay, Isaiah Pacheco. First off, what round does he go in next year? I'm going to say three. Thoughts? Three, four. Um, Three, four turn. The gun to my head right now. I think I would probably go more four. I, I personally, after this season, I think I'm going to adopt the either the zero or the hero RB approach. So I wouldn't pick him probably until late four or five, but he'll probably be gone before that. Okay, next season you're on the clock. You did your zero hero, whatever the hell you did. You got Joe Mixon and Isaiah Pacheco. Who are you taking? Um, oh, I probably mix in because I think that team will bounce back next year. Rashad White or Isaiah Pacheco? Um, I'm firing you know, here, Tom. I'm I, firing at you. Based off what I saw this year, it'd be Rashad White. I don't know that he can maintain that though. I don't think he's all that talented. I think he's just had an incredible amount of volume this year. Volume back for sure. Okay, the 39-year-old Derrick Henry or Isaiah Pacheco next season? <laughs> it's actually a tough one. It's a tough one. They're gonna say Frank Gore for some reason. <laughs> Sean Alexander or Frank Gore? <laughs> yeah, not really. Um, Henry, I don't know. Tajay Spears on the scene. Maybe Henry gets true. Who the hell knows what's gonna happen? What do you think? Yeah, it depends where Henry is. But on the surface, if he's in Tennessee, I would probably take. Yeah, I'd probably take Pacheco. This is tough. I'm giving you some tough ones. Last one, Raheem Mostert after his. What does he have? Twenty something touchdowns. Mostert or Pacheco next year? You know, Mostert just seems can't do like, it again. Mostert exactly. can't do it again. There's so much regression coming. Amazing season. He deserves it, but so much regression is coming. It's definitely Pacheco over him. And Echan is going to certainly uh, be heavily involved next year. They'd be crazy not to use him more. All right. And just on CJ Stroud, I know coming off the concussion, Tom's not worried about it. I'm not either. Like, I trust him so much just because he's the ultimate competitor. I love watching him play. If I have him on my team and I don't have another elite option at quarterback, I'm rolling with Stroud. I do think there's a massive game for Singletary coming in here. I think they played the Titans this week, I'm pretty sure. Um, you could lock in Singletary props over. Uh, you know, That's going to be my bet of the week. But I like C.J. Stroud as well. All right, we got four players left. Some big names here too, Tom. And these are all guys I think – at least the next three that we are hoping to see back. So it's Josh Jacobs, Tua, Jamar Chase, then we'll talk about Zay Flowers. But let's start with the Raiders running back, Josh Jacobs. He's been nursing that quad injury. Are there any updates? Do you have some good news on that? I don't. He still hasn't practiced. Um, the quads are 
big, strong, powerful muscles that are required for running, for sprinting, acceleration, cutting, all of that. And until we see him practice, then there's no reason to think he's going to play. But he totally could practice throughout this week and play. Now, I'm sure you're going to get to this, but Zemir White's been awesome. Another guy I have on one of my dynasty teams. So that will be interesting to see if if Vegas will let Jacobs rest even more simply because Zemir White's been playing so well. Um, but in, in the event Jacobs does play, we do not see any drop-off in fantasy production for running backs when they return from this type of injury. Yeah, I'm rolling with Jacobs. If he's back and they don't tell us he's limited or he's only going to play 50%, whatever. If he's not limited, man, I, the Raiders don't have a choice. They're going to lean on him. Yeah, Zemir White's been pretty darn good, but I think just a huge opportunity for him incoming. Um, been averaging a ton of touches productive in those touches and plus they play the Colts this week who are 28th against the run so listen if there's no like late sleeper notification that says oh Josh Jacobs is going to only get see a reduced step I'm in on him I am so in on him this week quarterback uh Tua thumb and quad I don't think I could trust him anymore got off to a hot start people talking MVP but just 12 points per game in his last three games fantasy perspective wise but Thumb, quad, what's bothering him, Tom, and what can we expect here in the championship week? Apparently both are bothering him, but not too much. He was still able to log a limited practice. That tells me this is a bunch of nothing. Obviously, the thumb is critical for gripping the ball, so if that truly is injured, that could impact accuracy. But if it was really bad, he would have been a, a, a DNP on Wednesday versus, versus a limited practice. So I'm not really concerned with this. Um, the quad, it does, yeah, that could impact his escapability in the pocket. And if it's his left quad, it could impact his throw power. But again, it limited practice tells me it's not that severe. I'm not worried here at all. I'm more worried that his receivers are injured. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And let's see. I think they play a pretty damn good. They play the Ravens this week. Yeah, they play the Ravens this week. Still a game with a ton of points implied. But I don't know. They go into, like, championship week. You have a hurt Waddle. You have a slightly banged up Tua, which you said, no, it's not bothering him. But they go into Baltimore to play an elite Ravens secondary. He was 12-3 and looking to be the overall number one seed in the AFC. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a very competitive game, but... I don't think I'm trusting Tua here. Obviously, you know, if, if you have better options, I'm going with it. If you have no one, I'm sure he's going to be fine. Brings that floor. But again, like I said, last three weeks, struggling a little bit. Tyreek's been in and out of the lineup a little bit. Um, Waddle's hurt. So I really, really don't like Tua. And I'm looking for alternative options this week at the quarterback position. And another stud, Tom, Jamar Chase. And I'm listening very, very closely because obviously I'm in the Vampire League and I have, I'm fortunate, right? I have other options. I'm thinking between him and Puka and Chris Olave. But, you know, address me, Tom, and then address the regular person that, of course, is really listening here. They really can't afford to sit Jamar Chase, but it's a shoulder injury. You know, what are you thinking about him here? Week 17. Well, look, it's as simple as if he plays, you start him. So, yes, this is a grade two most likely AC joint sprain, which is more than a grade one. And he didn't practice today, so we're still seeing if he even can play this week. But if you take his elite talent, plus the fact this is an upper body injury, so it's not going to impact his ability to get open, you got to roll with him. Now, one bad fall could definitely re-aggravate it. He could be out the rest of the game. But elite level production is fantasy championship you have to roll the dice that he's 
if he plays, he's going to play the whole game. Seems worth it. He's just wide receiver nine, but again, that's because he's missed some time, but almost 15 half-point PPR points per game. Now, there, there's some worry here because they do play the Chiefs, and I watched that whole game against the Raiders. They shut Adams down. Adams, I don't know if you saw the game, Tom. I think Adams, one catch for six yards or something like that. This Chiefs secondary is actually really, really, really good. But the silver lining here for the Jamar Chase Bengals offense is, I think, I mean, some people think, I think his first name is Trent, whoever, McDuffie. Some people think he's their best corner. I love Lejarius Sneed. Watching him play, he's really, really good, and he's the one who really shut Adams down. He's questionable this week. He might not even play this week. So I know most of you out there, <laughs> I'm just kind of thinking, thinking out loud myself here, Tom. Most people can't sit Chase, and I don't think anybody should. But if Lejarius Sneed is out, I, I think Chase have a really really good game i think he's so good sneed that i think if he's out it could change the spread of this game even like a half a point or something like that i really really like him but tom what do you think i'm rolling the dice on chase like just just go with it i have i have chase on my team like just do it you're you're checking in before the game to make sure he's playing but if he does yes you're playing him i'm not checking anything except my eye messages hey tom <laughs> hey is he playing yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> easy enough yeah, I just text you for everything, for all my needs. And you guys can tweet it, Tom. Tweet him your needs and your wants here. We got one player left, a late addition. It was Zay Flowers, a calf injury. So I don't really have much on him, Tom. I'll let you talk about um, the rookie from the Ravens. Well, here's the deal. He was an estimated DNP today with a calf injury. They didn't actually practice. So that changes things to some degree in my head. He also played 78% of snaps last week, which is his usual snap rate. So we need to see what happens the rest of the week. If he is limited or DNP again this week, this is a huge deal and a huge problem. But if he's full practice the rest of the week, then it's likely that they were just resting him this week. Now, if he is limited or doesn't practice, the reason that this is a huge deal is because the calf is critical for getting off the line, accelerating, changing direction, top end speed. This is a speed shifty receiver. His calf is so critical for his game. And Joe, we've talked about this like three or four of the last weeks. Receivers take a massive dip in fantasy production in their first game after a calf injury. 43% drop in their fantasy production in the first game back. That is a lot. Less than 5% meet or exceed their pre-injury average fantasy points in that first game back. That's one out of 19 since 2017. Last week, Nico Collins returned from a calf injury. He played horrible except for a goal line touchdown that salvaged the day, and he still was well under his pre-injury average. Do you know what his, his longest catch was? Handful of yards is my guess. I know he was seven having a, a bad game. Yards. Yeah. Seven yards was his longest catch. And this is That's a guy who's like been getting, he's been getting down the field. All That, that tells us all we need to know. He did not have the ability to separate down the field because of this calf injury. If it wasn't for a goal line touchdown, he killed you last week. So Flowers, if, if he's not practicing this week, that is a big, big, big red flag. And even if he plays, you get him out of your lineup. However, if he's got two more full practices this week, then we're looking at this DNP today as just like a 
a rest day for him and not as big of a problem. Don't want to jinx anything here. Our, our research has been really, really good. Nothing has been more accurate, in my opinion, than the calf. Like, I feel like you, you've, you've nailed it all year long. Like, our research and our data shows it. Like, somebody's out with a calf injury, and they're coming back, and they, it's bad. The number, what's the, I missed the number that you said, Tom. The, the 43% drop-off drop in fantasy production. It's, it's every, of course, there's freak performances out there, but that's almost a lock for, and that's not enough. Zay Flowers is good. But you're not taking a 43% dip in Zay Flowers' production. Absolutely not. So, well said, Tom. All right, we'll monitor that, and we'll continue to monitor all these players. Is there anybody else? I don't know if we missed anybody, Tom. Is that everybody for this week, or you got some more? I got a couple quick ones. Uh, we mentioned before Ramondre Stevenson, IR, the high ankle sprain. His season's over. This will not impact him next season. He should be totally good to go for his entire offseason of training and training camp. Josh Palmer did not practice. He has a concussion, needs to go through the protocol. And Joe, death, taxes, and Darren Waller being injured. He was a limited limited participant with a knee injury. Doesn't sound that bad, though. It shouldn't, shouldn't be a problem, but we'll continue to monitor. I'm already done with him. One season, I was done with him for a half a season. Giants game, I don't know if you watched it. They actually had an opportunity to come back, driving down the field. Darren Waller, nice catches. I almost just yelled out cursing right there. Just laying on his back. Did you see that? What are Joe, we doing? Like, well, of course I watched the game. He played the Eagles. Right. Uh, so I forgot who they were. I was like, oh, come back. What are we doing, Darren Waller? Stand up and get your ass off the field or get the ball to the right. Guy's an embarrassment. I mean, we needed to invest in wide receivers. We invested in the tight end. He's injured. He's old. I'm done with him. Give me the damn offseason. Give me golf for the Giants. And Tom, give me our sleeper picks. Let's move on to that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are teaming up with our good friend at Sleeper. What a great app. Sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. It's not too late, guys. Get some fantasy bets in there or get some uh, fantasy playoff bets. Get some NFL playoff bets. Sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. Or you can just type in fit for up to $100 match. I'll start us off. It's been such a tough season for me. Regardless, listen, it's been as fun as as could be. I'm always smiling through this, having fun sorting through picks. I'm going to go this week. Now, you got to shop lines because it's still early in the week. I, I talked about this earlier, and I've seen a couple different lines, but I really like Devin Singletary this week, Tom, and here's why. Uh, it's a low number. It's only 60. I mean, decent number, 60. I've seen low 60s. Um, you know, again, shop around for the line, but I think that in a, in a big spot for the Texans, who really do have an opportunity here, with C.J. Stroud coming back from the concussion, not that it's going to hamper him much, but with a banged-up wide receiver core, they're going. This is what teams do. Teams rely on their workhorses when they need wins, right? And I think Devin Singletary has proven to be that guy. They should be leading against the Titans. The Titans' rush defense is kind of pedestrian. Last couple of weeks, 44, so they didn't hit last week. Last two, or I'm sorry, they played the Titans again in week 15, who they play this week. 26 carries for 121 yards. Okay, I see a very, very similar game script, uh, game script this week. Plus, the Texans are home. They were on the road last time that happened. I really, really like Devin Singletary. I need him to not save my season because there's no saving my picks for the season, but... I really do like the over this week. And again, shop around for the line. I've seen high 50s. I've seen uh, low 60s. I've seen mid 60s. So go around, look for the best line. Devin Singletary over. 
And Tom, you had a hell of a winning season so far doing this. What's I'm embarrassed to even give my record, but what's I don't even remember it at this point. But you gotta have a really winning record. Yeah, I am eleven and six because remember that one week I had both Gibbs and Montgomery, so I got a parlay, a good old double. Yeah, eleven and six, about to go twelve and six. We're taking Chris Chris Olave over sixty-six and a half yards receiving. Eight games this season, he's done that. Eight of them. That is, how many games do they play? That is uh, either half or more than half. It's more than half, <laughs> plus the play because the bye week. <laughs> yeah, uh, they play Tampa Bay, who is dead last in the league in passing yards, giving up two hundred sixty-four point one yards per game. So this one is pretty easy. Now, Tom, I'm looking at this and perfect transition. Not that we were going to talk about him, but I saw he's limited with an ankle. I guess you're not worried about it it's the same deal he's he's been dealing with for a couple weeks uh including last week in which he had a really good game so yeah, no i'm not worried about game. it wow tom i don't know where you find these picks not that this is this is it's not that this is like i should have just saw this the guy is lighting it up the last one two three four five the last six weeks double digit fantasy points been really really good so you like olave i like singletary i like him i might parlay him all right Tom, this is it, man. It's emotional time. It's the last Vampire Diaries maybe ever because I might never be the vampire again. But we are in the finals. We made it to the championship, man. We're going to attempt to do the unthinkable and win as the vampire. Maybe I'll put a poll out there. Tom, really even matchup. Playing against Jesse, his team is really, really, really good. So here's his team. So listen and, and tell me who you honestly think will win. So he's got Stafford. Running backs are Gibbs and CMC. He's got C.D. Lamb and Brandon Ayuk. His tight end is Jake Ferguson. In the flex, of course, he has Zeke with no Ramondre Stevenson. He's got the Bills D against New England, and he's got Justin Tucker. My team, I'm rolling out. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Kyron Williams, Travis Etienne, Chris Olave, Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, who's been like meh, Tony Pollard, I have the Eagles, who I hope light up the the, uh, the Cardinals this week, and Aubrey, the kicker. But on my bench, I don't know what to do, man. I have Chase on my bench, Tom. I don't know what to do. I'm thinking about pulling him right now for um, either for Pollard or ETN. Kyron Williams is not going anywhere. That guy's no, rock. of course Olave, not. Olave, I'm not moving. And <laughs> nope. I'm not moving Justin Jefferson. Uh-huh. So it's either I bench Pollard or ETN. Both have been bad. I, I really want to get Jamar Chase in there, though. Yeah, um, it, it, uh, you said it. It's either ETN or Pollard. I think you look at their matchups. I don't, off the top of my head, know who they're playing. But I'm also looking at your bench right now, and I'm seeing Mostert and Swift. And Swift has a really nice matchup against Arizona. Um, I don't know who Mostert plays, but he has a lot of touchdowns on the season. <laughs> so it's hard for me to sit him. Honestly, I think I might even take both ETN and Pollard out and put two of those three that we just talked about between Mostert, Swift, and Chasen. I really do want to play Swift, but I have Hurts, too. Like, uh, Arizona stinks, though. They sure do. Just in a bottle, get a touchdown pass from Jalen Hurts to Swift, and I lose it. Oh, my God. I have so much thinking to do. I know the wrong decision's coming. What did I say in the beginning of the show, though, Tom? Go Trust with my gut. gut. I'm just going to go with it. I'm not taking advice from you doctors and you experts out there. <laughs> <laughs> 
But this is it, Tom. You want to, uh, you know, well, first off, genuinely, guys, you know, this is it for our show and this is it for our season. And, and we really, really sincerely thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts for joining us this season, last season, whether you listen to one episode or 10 or all of them, like it means the world to us that you joined us here on the Fantasy Injury Team podcast. Subscribe, guys. You know, follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, on X. We, we, you know, Tom has a, has a great X account and he's always posting stuff and I'm already excited for next year. We already can't wait to see you guys next year. But Tom, any any final words for our, our listeners for this season? Just everything you just said. We appreciate everyone's support. Um, we've grown so much throughout these two years, and we know that just more is coming. The more support we get, the more we can grow. Truly, man. All right, Tom, been a pleasure. We love you guys, our listeners. Thank you so much. If you're in the championship or playing for anything this week, we wish you the best of luck, and we'll see you next year. That's a weird one to say, Tom. Next year, everybody, on the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast.